the sloppy boys blowout i'm mike hanford i'm here with tim kalpakis what is up and of course jeff dutton hello and we are here on the blowout we're gonna have some fun with you guys thanks so much all the patrons for uh ah yes the patronies (laughs) maybe i shouldn't say patrons this is a pay 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 (laughs) thanks to all the nose patrons patrons for joining us we love you guys and make sure to really hit the mic with that Oh, hold on. oh boy! Off he <laughs> I goes. really sent myself off there. He is down for the count. Whew. Hey, we had our five hundredth patron the other day. Yes, we yes. did. We put a little uh, word out, and whoever was going to be the five hundredth got to get a shout out. And the shout out goes to congratulations, Jeff Bockelman. You Jeff are Bockelman. the five hundredth patron. Bockelman himself. Thanks for joining, Jeff. I hope you're listening to this one. I hope you didn't just. Just join and then <laughs> give up. He's like, oh, Hanford's coughing? This Ugh. sucks. Yeah, thanks for joining. Uh, listen, You can listen to all the backlogged ones. You can look towards the future only if you want. But we're glad you're here. Hopefully he does just look toward the future. <laughs> yeah, don't go back to those other ones. They sucked. They really sucked before you got here. Mike, what are you drinking there? Is that a Narragansett? Uh, uh, it's, what do you got? Yeah, it's something called the famous, the Narragansett Fresh Catch. It's a I si- saw this can last time I was on the East Coast. I saw this can and I wanted to buy it, but I never did. Yeah, it's that a it's great. a sixteen ouncer. It's got a, a lobster on the front. He pretty realistic looking lobster. Uh, it's a citrus session kind of ale. Scary. You're kind of afraid he's going to pinch you. Yeah. Yeah. I I should. I mean, he first of all, he's tiny, and I don't think he's going to jump off the can and hurt me. But do you know what a citra session ale is? <laughs> well, let's break it down. Citra must mean citrus. Session could be like Jeff Sessions. And ale, nobody knows. <laughs> There's stuff on the back to read here. Uh, we don't want to have me read a can. Okay. Today, we are talking about a movie. It's another movie blow. Oh, film time. Ooh. Love the movies. We're talking about the 1977 classic Slapshot. Hell yeah, baby. It is a hockey movie. It's uh, directed by George Roy Hill, who has done, he did The Sting. He did uh, Butch, Butch, Butch Cassidy. Cassidy. Uh, like, those are some real, real time. I think he won an Oscar for the, one of those. He should have. <laughs> if he didn't, he should have. If he didn't, he should have. So this is a really, like, this is a very raunchy, pretty, uh, doesn't age well at certain spots movie. They use some language that's a little rough. Uh, it's retro in every way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, even at the time, I, I've seen this as a kid. We can get all into that. But I, even as a kid, I was those. Some of the negative words were a little like, eh, that seems like a lot." I will say this: the use of the gay f word, which is all over the place. Mm-hmm. Paul Newman, he's cool with it all. Yeah, you know, it's not like uh, it's not a hateful movie. It's just that, yeah, there's some language for sure. <laughs> I got yeah. that too. It's it's a it's a harsh movie because it's a harsh world, but it does feel. Uh, th- I mean, hey, I'm not the guy to make this call, but of course. to moi, it felt like it was authentic to the world, and I did feel. I love this movie. I watched this when I was a kid. I always loved it, and then this is the first time seeing it in a while. Rewatching it, 
I was like, the language and the harshness does feel authentic to the world that like, it does feel like a, you know, when you're watching a Tarantino or a Scorsese mm-hmm. or a Paul Thomas Anderson movie and you're like, well, this is art. It's like harsh and there are characters that are bad. Mm-hmm. And I felt like this was that thing. It was like when people were using, when they said sentences that made m- me gasp, <laughs> they're supposed to because they're from uh, a, a harsh failing mill town. Right. Yeah. Yeah, let a me minor give you the league hockey team. And then let's be honest, if I hung out with a bunch of minor league hockey players, I would be clutching my goddamn pearls. <laughs> Mike, hit him with the synopsis, synopsis here's, baby. Here's the synopsio. In the small New England town of Charlestown, the local mill is about to lay off 10,000 workers. The town's minor league hockey team, the Charleston Chiefs, is doing no better. After a year, after years of failure, this will be the team's last season. Exasperated player coach Reggie Dunlop, Paul Newman, a beautiful, beautiful blue eyes on Paul Newman, <laughs> Old blue eyes. <laughs> Reggie Dunlop lets the club's recent acquisitions, the Hanson brothers, play. The brothers' actively violent and thuggish style of play excites the fans. Dunlop retools the team using violence to draw big crowds. Michael? Yes. Thanks for reading that, but I, I didn't hear a word of it because I saw I was distracted. Jeff was pouring a bottle of triple sec mm-hmm. into a can of LaCroix passion fruit. How dare you out me, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> he can't be doing that. It's going to get all over the place. Is there another liquor in there? Or is it just triple sec and LaCroix? Triple sec and Barry LaCroix. <laughs> oh, boy. Is Why? That, is that, was that weird? I just think it's, yes, I do think it's weird. Is it's it, fruit on fruit. Have you had it before, Jeff? <laughs> this is the inaugural night. Is it a Dutton do or a Dutton do not do? <laughs> so far, it's a do. Dutton do. Let's call it the Dutton do. Oh, that's good. Mike, I interrupted you. Sorry. That's all I had to say. I'm pretty much done. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, no. This movie. This is a the great movie. Let me get a little backstory on this. Uh, the writer is Nancy Dowd. Her brother was Ned Dowd, who played on the Johnstown Jets. Of course, we all know Ned Dowd. <clears throat> <laughs> so, so the Johnstown Jets were a real team. It was a minor league hockey team in, uh, I think Johnstown is in Pennsylvania, like east of uh, Pittsburgh. It was uh, like 1970s hockey, which uh, from, from the stories I've heard growing up playing hockey, it was pretty rough. Um, but here's something that blew my mind. So so she, she knew Ned was playing in this league. Uh, she left LA and went to visit him once and saw this team and like how struggling they were. And she was like, oh, I got to write a movie about this because it sounds interesting and all the people are very character-y. There's a lot of players, actual players from the Johnstown Jets in the movie. A lot of players from around the league, like in the movie. Because uh, Roy Hill wanted some good skaters. Everyone can really skate. Yeah. And I think even Paul Newman like played hockey as a kid, so he knew how to skate. Damn. Um, I'm looking up Nancy Dowd right here. It says that she um, she was on two episodes of SNL as a writer. Mm. And she also wrote, um, she wrote a ton of movies. Ordinary People, Love. Really? Uh, Straight Time. She and I wrote for the same number of SNL episodes. That's so weird. Wow. Maybe I'll write Slapshot <laughs> Yeah, but too. did she play, did she play... Uh, Max Rebo? <laughs> Max Rebo. She could have uh, back in 77, yeah. Um, also, I'll, I'll out myself as, uh, I guess, being a sexist because I was floored that a woman wrote this movie back then. It is crass Very crass. rambunctious. Well, that kind of speaks to what Tim was saying of like, 
that's how these guys I'm sure talked and was her just brother like, like recorded guys on the bus and on the bench and stuff so that she could get ah. the, the the lingo down. It's it feels very authentic. But uh, they shot in a bunch of like old like uh, minor league hockey uh, uh, arenas in central New York. I've I think I've played in one of them. Which one, Utica uh, or Syracuse? Uh, I think it was Utica. But um. Here's something that blew my mind. So going back to Ned Dowd, he plays Ogie Oglethorpe in the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, no way. Lots the of discussion who, yeah. about him, but we, you barely see him. Yeah, you like they really build him um, up. Yeah, he's he's a guy. He's That's such a funny thing where like he, there's rumors that he got arrested. And it's like Oglethorpe got convicted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that guy was actually Oglethorpe was based on a guy called Bill Goldie Goldthorpe who in his rookie year as a member of the Syracuse Blazers amassed 25 major fighting penalties before Christmas. So, like, it was nuts. You know when the, one of the Hanson brothers gets something thrown in his face? He gets the car mm-hmm. keys thrown in his face? Mm-hmm. That happened, and he d- did go into the stands and, like, fight people. Wow. <laughs> I love it. I, I remember watching this movie as a kid, and I grew up in kind of a hockey house, and we watched a lot of hockey, and I felt like in the yeah. 90s, hockey was becoming a little bit more of a finesse, a little bit more of an elegant sport because you had a lot of Czech and Russian players coming over and they were smaller and faster and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I remember watching this movie and being like, damn, old hockey used to be a wild. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Was was this the vibe when you were on the ice, Mike? Is this how you played? No, (laughs) no, no, no. But this was, I'll I'll tell you a story uh, later about this because my dad was tangentially involved in this style of hockey. Mm. Um, but before I get to that, the, th- the thing that really blew my mind, Ogie Oglethorpe, played by uh, Ned Dowd. Ned Dowd also plays Dr. Nichols at the very beginning of Bottle Rocket. No way. When, when, Anthony, when Anthony's leaving the, uh, the uh, what is he, like a rehab center or something? He's like, just do it quick. This doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. None of this looks good. That's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, when I read that, I was That's like, oh, Jeff. Mm-hmm. The Hanson brothers are a big, huge part of this movie. Uh, they are. I met one of the Hanson brothers once. I met Steve. Where? <laughs> the what? So Jonestown or Johnstown, like I said, is uh, outside of Pittsburgh. My brother played on a travel team, and they were down in Pittsburgh. And Steve, uh, his actual name is Steve Carlson. The the Hanson brothers. Oh, this is all getting very confusing. The Hanson brothers were actually named Carlson, and there were, there were three of them. One of them went up to the Edmonton Oilers and couldn't be in the movie, so they brought in another guy whose name was Hanson, and they changed the name to the Hanson brothers. Uh, but anyway, so we, yeah, my dad was just talking to this guy at the game. His son was on the team, and uh, I came over to see what my dad was doing, and I talked to this guy for a second. I was like, I love the movie. Did he try to, pu- did he punch you, or did he... Uh- Slash no, he you? said. I said. I said. Would you punch me, please? And he was like, "No, you've got it all wrong. That's bad style of hockey." <laughs> it is funny that this movie does try to be like, "No, uh, they try to have a take on violence, but mm-hmm. but then they give it up in in a cool way." Yeah, yeah. I I love. I I think it's so funny that they're just really frivolous with the violence, and that yeah. it, it it just feels so unruly. It. Uh, I love that in a comedy, and it's especially like present in seventies and eighties comedies. Like Ghostbusters feels very rambunctious. Right, right, right. Like the the driving is always crazy. They're smoking in the elevators and stuff. 
right? uh, when Braden's girlfriend picks them up and she's like driving crazy. Yeah. It makes yeah, me yeah. so happy in a movie to see a van like barreling down some rolling hills. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cause she's, she hates being in that town. So she's, she drives like mad. Also crazy that Paul Newman like is trying to fuck her. <laughs> yeah. Seems, I, it seems like Paul Newman is such a, like, uh, <laughs> also player coach Reggie Dunlop always made me laugh. Like yeah, player coach. Player on the team. <laughs> that would be so weird watching hockey and there's a guy who has white hair and he's and he's coaching. Yeah. I love that that middle ground remember in the NHL when there were you there was like a grandfather law where if you had been in the league when helmets weren't required, you yeah, no yeah, longer yeah. you didn't have to wear a helmet once they were required. And I remember <laughs> There was on the Rangers thing. It was like McTavish or like there'd be a couple old guys in the league. Gordy Howe, like hanging around <laughs> with no <laughs> no helmets on. Guy Lafleur, and it was so yeah, crazy yeah. to be like, okay, so you're not required to, but don't you want to protect your head? <laughs> I can't believe like there are guys who don't wear like the half little like face mask thing. Yeah. I like could that do a whole thing about insane. COVID masks and uh, like oh. safety, and I, I feel like I won't do it though. No, maybe you sh- maybe you shouldn't. Oh, speaking of Braden, you recognize him from Twin Peaks, of course. Yes. Oh, the sheriff. It was uh, sheriff. Yeah, Sheriff Truman. Was his name Sheriff Harry Truman? Yes, and that's kind of like that? a joke. Oh, oh, I'm rolling in the aisle, Lynch. <laughs> You're pissed off. <laughs> Um, oh, I, I read just on the Wikipedia. He did. Uh, he was in uh, The Descendants. Was like his last role. I just watched that and recently, he, and I recognized him. I, I, oh, yeah. did you? And uh, he now lives in Hawaii. Hey, good for him. Ho- where they shot The Descendants. Yeah, he probably was like, yeah. I, I kind of like it here. <laughs> I think I, I could re- stick around for a day or two. <laughs> I like the sort of uh, rambling nature of this movie. Yep. Like, yeah. Uh, it's tough to tell, like, hey, they're on the road, and now they're back, and now they're on the road again, and mm-hmm. it's just like, eh, don't worry about it. It's not going to be like a um, tightly structured Save the Cat script. Right. It's like, it's right. a little shaggy. We're going to spend time with uh, Paul Newman and various women. It feels... Yeah. And it's just about him being, like, a washed-up, worn-out guy. And a, and a bad dude. Like, uh, I like that <laughs> yeah. about a 70s-type movie, where it's like... He's like sleeping with other people's wives and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's kind of like a novel where it does have like the plot is the thrust of like, can he mm-hmm. save the team or can his lies lead to the team being saved? But the way you kind of hang out and, and just like the vibe of it, these industrial towns, this gray weather, this yeah. foul language and this sad world just lulls you into like, oh, that's the point of the movie. Like, is to just live in this world. And it, it's not about yeah. whether or not the Chiefs get saved. I don't really care. But the anarchy and and the way that, that the movie eventually ends with sort of anarchy is very Animal House, even though it's a year before yeah. Animal House. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I got really confused because when they're in town, on a, I saw on a movie marquee, there's like a double feature that I think it said Deep Throat, the famous porno, and mm-hmm. meatballs and I and meatballs come came out after this movie uh like by a well if it was playing deep throat I, I would imagine meatballs was like a take on like a porno or they something. just came up with a a raunchy parody title that happens to then be a Bill Murray or film. since the writer did some time on SNL was there some crossover oh 
she oh knew that God, was coming. Saying, hey, I did two weeks here, and you know, <laughs> um, what I love about this movie. Well, have you guys seen um, Funny Farm? No, uh, I have not. But George uh, Roy Hill directed that too. I, I've, I watched that movie kind of a lot, and I watched it recently. And what's weird about it is. That's about what's that about? That's Chevy it's, Chase. Goes uh, Chevy to write Chase something? is a sports writer in New York who retires up to Vermont to write a novel and live happily ever after, and just everything goes wrong in a very '80s comedy kind of sense. And okay. um, it seems like the type of movie that the comedy wouldn't age well because there's just so many, you know, like summer rental or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But last time I watched Funny Farm, I was like, this like movie is like. It it still really holds together. It's like a real movie. It's like a, a classy movie that respected the characters and is not just a bunch of cheap jokes. And I read about, uh, I read the Wikipedia and it, it's because like George Roy Hill, it's like, he's the guy from Butch Cassidy. He's the guy from the sting. Mm-hmm. When he makes a movie, it gets a big budget. He takes it seriously. Mm. He like directs a real movie movie. And I think that Slapshot in the same way benefits from just like, you could totally read the script and picture a B movie version of it, but has expensive music. Uh, there's like Fleetwood <laughs> Mac and that, and it's all right. The love is gone. I forget. That's like a, yeah. Motown. who is that? I didn't look that up. I don't know, but that's a great song and it's probably yeah. expensive. We used it all it, the time on UCB shows. Yeah. That's, that's right. like, a, right. uh, and, and just in general, the whole thing is like treated like you're talking about Paul Newman's character. He's a shitty guy, but I I do root for him because for whatever reason, this movie just is like, he's a good man. And (laughs) and isn't this like, I I haven't seen like a ton, a ton of Paul Newman stuff. Like this is out of character for him, right? Isn't he more of like a virtuous dude? Yes. I watched a a interview with him and he said it was hard for him to adjust to the language in this movie. And then afterwards he couldn't stop speaking like this. And, uh, (laughs) and then he said, it's like a movie that he was uh, most proud of. Like the character, one of the characters he got most into. Uh, I mean, it's a very like complicated character, I guess, as far as like acting goes, but he, Gets to be funny and he gets to be like a like dirt ball. I love his <laughs> fashion. You know, like everyone is oh my God. everyone is pretty down and out in this movie, and then he's got like fur coats and leather jackets and stuff. Well, that's what's so funny. Like in this tiny little uh, uh, factory town, he, they're like heroes, yep. and like he talks with the guy who's writing the articles about them, and uh, it's like such low stakes though. It's like a minor league team might be moving. I love a, a comedy that has like a doom cloud cast over it, like mm-hmm. the team, like the mills going down or the teams going down. Yeah. It reminds me of like The Office, the paper company's closing. Like it's always just such a great setting oh, yeah. <laughs> for comedy to have some like weird melancholy thing. Yeah. yeah, over. yeah. <laughs> Isn't it also weird that Semi Pro just like made this movie all over again? Yeah. Exactly. Like the, they like did, a, oh, did yeah, an like homage player, to it. Player coach. Yeah. And yeah just yeah. like the same thing. I mean, I get it. Well, is that, does this, I feel like this movie. Uh, like basketball helped this movie. Oh, yeah. Kind of, like, it, and because like, especially the psych out shit. Yeah. You know, when they're like, you got to fuck with them. It's like, that's Paul Newman's whole thing in this movie is that like, you got to screw with their heads. <laughs> right. Um, oh, but, but going back to the fashion, uh, I love that Paul Newman has several like turtlenecks and medallions. Hey, yeah. here's a fashion thing that caught my eye. At one point, someone's wearing a polo shirt and the logo on it is penguin. And, 
I feel like that's oh, like yeah. a brand I've seen you wear, Jeff. Penguin. I wouldn't have thought that that was around back in the 70s. Well, I'm a real fashion guy. <laughs> it's you and a hockey player from the 70s. <laughs> but I didn't even know that was like a, a long-running brand. Penguin seems like something you just see at TJ Maxx or something. Me yeah. neither. Although I do remember my dad saw me wearing that shirt and he was like, hey, Penguin. And I was like, you know Penguin? Oh, it's my <laughs> so, favorite yeah. character in the Batman universe, son. <laughs> Not Batman? No. Penguin. Um, and hey, speaking of brands, did you guys, uh, did you catch the beers they were drinking in this movie? I didn't pay attention. Well, first off, they were, they were, there are many very good bars in this movie that I want to drink at. Yeah. Well, there's a scene when they're watching a soap opera during the day at a down. Oh yeah. And they're all arguing. <laughs> yeah, arguing. <laughs> they're like guessing where it's going to go. And that bar looked like it's just a perfect, uh, seventies daytime dive bar. But they're drinking beer out of smaller glasses, which I thought was kind of cool. Like these days, everyone I has pints. That. Mm-hmm. And yep. I noticed uh, Stroh's beer, S-T-R-O-H, apostrophe, which I think is a Detroit area beer. Um, mm. Now it says it's headquartered in Los Angeles, California. Who knows? But it was originally Hello. Detroit, Michigan. Um, but then I noticed, I paused on a beer bottle and I got up real close to the TV and it said <laughs> Schmidt. And and I was like, I've only ever heard of Schmidt's gay beer from the Chris Farley sketch on SNL. Oh, Schlitt. Yeah, no, yeah. No, not not Schlitz. Schmidt. Oh. Uh, you know, Schmidt's, really? Schmidt's gay. And I was like, oh, is, is Schmidt a fake brand that they use in lots of movies? Like it's the label uh-huh. at a rental house and through the years uh-huh. there have been many uh, – fake Schmidt's beers? Nope. Read up on that one. It's real. Schmidt is a St. Paul, Minnesota beer. Interesting. These are just sort of the kind of little factoids that I want to <laughs> look at. You know, there's one character in this movie that I, that I always find funny, but he, they don't like, he's not one of the main guys is, um, Dave, uh, killer Carlson, the guy who mm-hmm. like the very soft spoken guy, <laughs> but his the first time he shows up and he's in the booth talking to the to the announcer and he's like, the announcer's like, so I uh, you uh, heard you're out because of a knee injury and he's like, no, I had a cold. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great setup to like the whole team, like even their injuries are pathetic. Oh, totally. <laughs> they didn't make too much funny. of a meal of it that he's sort of just this soft spoken guy who says he wants to be Killer Carlson, but then he's yeah. into like. Eastern religion and that yeah. felt very national lampoon to me to be like one guy's a Buddhist and he he says little affirmations to himself as he's playing or whatever. Right, right. Yeah. And if this movie was made in the nineties, he would have been like his shaman or somebody would have come to the yes. games with him and it would have been a whole And it would like, have been Rob Schneider dressed as a shaman. Yeah. Right, 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 right. That's one thing I love about uh I guess sports movies is that they mm-hmm. get to have like, well, we're going to have like 12 characters on this, on this yeah. team. Like they, yeah, they yeah. should all just have like a quirk or something. There's that one guy, uh, I think his name is Mo. Who's just like bouncing around the room being like, there was this girl and she's rubbing up on me. <laughs> oh yeah. That like really pervy dude. Oh, yeah. what's he, is he in a fairly brothers movie or something? He, he almost looks oh, like Billy know. Bob Thornton. Yeah. Yes, he does. He looks like Billy Bob Thornton's character in, a, in, uh, the perfect crime or whatever that one was before one of the games i noticed he's in the locker room uh smoking a cigar 
in, in a way that's like, that's so gross, like the smell of a cigar anyway, but just like, I'm going to do a sport. I'm in a locker a cigar. room too. Yeah. Ari smells fucking awful. <laughs> uh, who is the dude in the very, very beginning who's getting interviewed by the by the local TV guy? Oh, that's the goalie. He's the Lemieux, I think is his last name. Yeah, he's he's like, so funny. That opening scene is also so great. He had a line that was like, he was talking about um, going to the penalty box. He's mm-hmm. like, you go in there and you feel shame yeah. and then you get free. <laughs> <laughs> that was like around my household. Like my brother and I would be like, and hey, you feel shame. <laughs> it was. It's a very... Like quotable movie, a lot of like hockey people know this, of course, know this movie and like quote it and uh, put like put on the foil and stuff like that. It's so cartoony. Now, Michael, have you seen any of the sequels? No, uh, but I know uh, one of the Baldwins is in it in one of them. Um, No way. Yeah. Uh, It's funny how far like uh, Nancy Dowd wrote all three of them. Oh really? Or at least the at least one, two, and three. She wrote uh, Slapshot Two, Breaking the Ice, and Slapshot Three, The Junior League. The Junior League. Yeah. So two came out in two thousand two. Slapshot Three came out in two thousand eight. So it's been quite a span. <laughs> I yeah, I really, I uh, I the Wikipedia page I I pulled this because it was funny. Uh, the film was followed by uh, two direct-to-video sequels, Slapshot 2, Breaking the Ice, Slapshot 3, The Junior League. Paul Newman and the rest of the original cast did not participate in either sequel, with the exception of the Hanson brothers, who had major roles in both. <laughs> they were available. They were like, remember when they were on Bud Light commercials and they, they had like a... Was that Bud Light? They, Is that like... Oh, I thought it was. I just assumed it was. Yeah, maybe. But they had definitely had like a comeback. I couldn't find those. I remember being I was- at a hockey game. I remember being at like a minor league game and they were there between periods and... They were like water skiing on the back of a, an ATV on the ice. They've probably just been making appearances at oh, hockey-related events for decades totally. and decades. Yeah, and just going like, old-time hockey, and like signing autographs. <laughs> they are so funny. Making 500 I bucks. mean, th- I was very pleasantly surprised that this movie made me laugh right out the bat, and that's really hard for something from oh. 1977. But the, the, the Hanson brothers really, really have such an they entrance and so they're really sweet and really funny. And there's a lot yes. like mm-hmm. when the, when the ref during the national anthem, the ref is like, Hey, you better not pull <laughs> yeah. anything during this game. And he's like, I'm trying to listen to the fucking song. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed out loud by myself watching that. I was like, these, well, these jokes are good, man. What a, there's no better tee up than having like, a, a uh, minor league hockey team of all a bunch of gross, weird dudes, and they're weirded out by the Hanson yes, brothers. <laughs> like, in their world. Everybody, everybody gives these three guys the side eye. That's the I, funniest ever. I laughed out loud, and I, I remember this joke, but I laughed out loud again when Paul Newman meets him for the first time, and he looks in their suitcase. He's like, "They brought their fucking toys. <laughs> their fucking their toys. Fucking toys." <laughs> Um, it's, it's really fun. Like they're bruisers and they like beat people up, but there's like sweet guys and right. just like dumb just and like excited. And they just talk all over each other. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, oh, there's so a really funny. good piece of uh, physical comedy that almost, I feel like in the past just slipped by me, but one of the, <laughs> one of the Hanson brothers like has the puck and is moving mm-hmm. down the ice and then like somebody's skating by him and he he gives up the puck to slash a guy and it's just like you would never when you have the puck you would never be like i'm gonna go slash that guy i read something in uh somewhere online that was like one of the fights 
that you know where they get in the fight like right before the game even starts mm-hmm. that happened in one of the games where some of the Carlson brothers but Hanson brothers wore did wear those big glasses mm. and then a team like the team opposing team came out for warm up the warm up skate with like the big Groucho glasses and the big nose mm-hmm. and it made a mad and they like fought them and it was like a 30 minute fight before the game started <laughs> what did you mike like uh i know in in like junior i i played hockey in in high school and there was no no fighting there wasn't even any checking or anything but like how i know that this was a movie you you watched and people would reference a lot but did it ever get rough when you when you played hockey was there any of that stuff did you ever no like it was everything was broken up very quickly and it was uh, every once in a while someone would rely on like fight but we all wore cages and everything so no, over our faces so well you lost that ear that time was yeah that's right we lost an ear which i think we've covered, we covered. before but if that was accidental someone skated over your head it wasn't like they were trying to they didn't take right, their right, skate right. off and hold it like a knife up to your neck <laughs> like billy madison or uh <laughs> i remember one time in hockey i i just like checked a guy and it was a perfectly clean like hip check but then mm-hmm. afterwards the coach was like why did you do that <laughs> like you we don't we don't do that you're gonna hurt somebody and i remember just being like i was emulating what i saw on tv (laughs) um so yeah no i didn't i didn't play any type of hockey that was that insane but i was talking to my dad telling him we were doing this episode and he was telling me that he after college he kind of played in like leagues a little bit like this like not not as involved and he wasn't like a minor league probably like a step under minor Mm -hmm. league but he told me a story where he went to, uh, I think it was Utica. It was, he played the Copper City Chiefs. He was going to play the Copper City Chiefs. And they like all took a bus there and they made like 25 bucks to play in this game. And the ref was, you know, the Native American guy at the end who's like on the bad guy team? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That guy's name is Joel Nolan. And he was the uh, ref of the game that my dad was in. <laughs> and he said that there was a kid like a really like small little like mouthy kid on uh the opposite team who just like kept like yelling at the ref kept yelling at joe nolan and of later in the game <laughs> this is the ref again so the kid the kid's coming around the boards and joe nolan the ref just punches him right in the face <laughs> And and like knocks him out. And after the game, there were state troopers waiting for him to to arrest him. Right. Yeah. Because that is a crime. Just because it happened on the ice doesn't mean that it's not in the police jurisdiction. But like, that's my dad was saying, like, that's just how like these games were. There was tons of people in the audience. They wanted to see blood. And it was like wild. Um, My dad's from Montreal. And I remember him telling me going to, um, I want to say that the league they call it was like Bush League. And that's like a thing that you like say now. It's like, oh, come on. Yeah, that's that's Bush like a derogatory. That's <laughs> Bush League. But maybe yeah, I'm right. wrong, but maybe there was like a lower league called the Bush League. But he said that people in the crowd would throw pennies onto the ice, like trying to get <laughs> like to have guys trip and break their legs off. Hey, do you ever <laughs> see a fish get thrown on the ice? Oh, there's a, yeah, there's a, that's a thing, right? I've I've seen that in the game. Wait, why would you throw in Detroit they threw octopus. they threw octopuses on. Oh and boy. was that because they yeah. had like eight wins in a row or something like that? I forget. Yeah, something like that. It was somebody 
brought an octopus once and threw it. Um, Mike, the Copper City Chiefs are from Rome, New York, central New York. Rome, New York. Um, I went to Utica kind of recently. And hey, if you're from Utica, great job. I love it. (laughs) But but it is gray and it is kind of like how Ithaca Mm. was. And I uh, and I I went there. I brought Jessica because. There's a great pizza place in Utica and there's like a, a Polish market I like and a bookstore. And I was like, let's go to Utica. We drove an hour to Utica from the Adirondacks. And then it was like, just it was exactly a scene from Slapshot where it was just like an industrial <laughs> town that was all gray. And I was like, can you believe it? Utica. <laughs> hey, look at this. Brad Sullivan, the guy who plays the horny hockey player that yeah. I was wondering why he looks so familiar to me. He is one of the townspeople in Funny Farm, directed by George oh, Roy Hill. Interesting. He likes there to keep the cast from film to film. Very good. <laughs> He's keeping the cast. Well, yeah, man, he put, he put uh, Newman in everything. Hello, Newman. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll cast Newman again if I have to. He's a friend of mine. Newman, we love your lemonade, dude. <laughs> yeah, keep it coming. Did you notice when they're checking into the hotel? You know, like the booster club comes with them to a <laughs> to a, a road game yeah, or yeah. something, and they're in the hotel. I think the Hanson brothers are arguing with the uh, like desk person. Yes, and they about, turn upside down. They turn them upside down, but before that, they're like <laughs> they they want to all live, like sleep in the same room, and the guy says they can't. <laughs> I think that's why they yeah, fight. There was like no three beds to a room or something. Um, an unspoken handsome thing that really made me laugh was there's one scene when they're all hanging out and uh, they're sitting at a counter of a bar and they are uh, they're all wearing cowboy hats. Like they all bought the same black cowboy. <laughs> oh, hat. Right, 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 right. And it's so funny to not make a meal out of that, but just like yeah, I guess they all they all bought cowboy hats. And he says something to Reggie when he walks in. He's like, do you want to look at something? I think it's like a comic book. I, cu- I couldn't tell what he was talking about. Yeah, he about. offers him a comic book. Like, do you want to have one of these? And The first time you meet him, they're beating up a vending machine because it yeah. ate a quarter. <laughs> oh, they did. The, the thing, the incident I was talking about where somebody got hit in the face and he went up to the stands to beat him up. They all got uh, arrested. The real guys got arrested after that game. Oh, damn. As well. Um, Watching the Hanson brothers and laughing out loud at them made me think about how I think there is a thing in comedy where when characters are really dumb, Mm -hmm. I mean, I Mm -hmm. guess being dumb is funny. And and I always like comedy that's like low status characters being really stupid, especially peas in a pod like this. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was kind of thinking like, what is it that when, (laughs) when these guys are like machines stole my quarter or they're all excited about root beer or they're playing with toys and stuff. And you're like, why am I laughing so hard? And I, I mean, it's funny that they're dumb, but I also think there's something about like when you watch a movie, we all feel like our life is important and we all feel like our problem, like we have problems and we have stresses and we have things. And when you watch someone who's just a bozo, like a Homer Simpson or something, it's, it <laughs> yeah, feels yeah. so quaint, you know, and it's, it, it's almost like you're laughing at them, 
but it also feels like a cozy little world that dumb people live in. And it, <laughs> and it's like, it's all very simple. Yeah. And it's like, my life is simple. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what, uh, what I think is so stressful about my life, but watching the, the Hanson brothers talk about soda so much and be like, Hey, look what I got. Yeah. I got my quarterback. It, it seems so nice. <laughs> You're like, wouldn't it be great to just be that dumb? And maybe I'm thinking too much about it because we've like made things where we have to like point a camera at something, but when you go through all the trouble of like, okay, the lights are all set up, the people are all in costume, and the film is rolling, to have the guys uh, complain about soda, yeah. it's like not worthy of the film being right. It's like a it's waste. Like it's think, a waste of celluloid in a in a good yes, way. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> they're so they're like optimism is great too because they're dumb, but they're just like we're here to help, coach. Anything you need. I mean, I definitely remember that feeling on our show when it's like you get the crew together and you're shooting and they're like, okay, this is a scene where Mitch is drinking milk from a Mountain Dew bottle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like all these adults professionals are around and they're getting paid yeah. to just shoot this stupid shit. And their payoff is that they get to watch him throw up later. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeff, you had never seen this before. I, no, we watched it together. How could you forget? We did? Oh my yes. God. I don't remember. I must've been. Uh, we were blotto. We were blackout drunk. Um, yeah, this I hadn't seen this movie in a while, and this was a good uh, a good rewatch. Yeah, holds much up. Enjoyed really it. made me laugh. It felt like it's just so funny that it it doesn't feel like it's a funny funny script, but it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like you would cast Paul Newman and that you would really direct it. Yeah, to like a real movie, yeah. and that you would put real money into it and stuff. It's amazing. it feels weighty. Yeah, and it had like. Like those moments like when uh, they're coming back from the road game and Ned Braden like gets, he stops, he gets off early and then his girlfriend's there to pick him up and, or his wife, sorry, is there to pick him up and like he's not there. That's like a real, I don't know, most comedy movies wouldn't be like, yeah, this is a really fucked up relationship yeah. and she <laughs> she hates being here and he like, they can't get along together. Yeah. Um, what did you make of the stripping scene at the end with Braden? I thought of that as very animal house of sort of uh, Mm -hmm. embracing the anarchy, uh, uh, the wacky parade at the end of animal house. But I really thought of it as like, he's not going to fight. He said, he's not going to fight. He's not a fighter, but he's no longer going to put up that boundary and say, I'm better than the rest of you guys. So even though he's not a fighter, I think he was just like, well, this has all turned into a circus it's show business. It's not old time mm. hockey. It's not respectable sport. It's show business. So I'm going to go out there and strip. And I love that the band started playing the stripper, the classic burlesque yeah, song yeah. from cartoons. <laughs> yeah. And I like the, that the audience thought it was funny. They weren't like, what? This is nuts. Yeah. Like everyone right. was in on it. Cause that's more realistic. I think not like the fashion show earlier in the movie. That's where <laughs> that one guy wiggles his dick at the audience. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like that he's like, everyone in that room with the exception of my wife is going to run for the run for the exit. <laughs> yeah. His wife is going to like it. Um, you know, it was really scandalous to me um, as a kid. I mean, it would, obviously, but when you're a kid, seeing any nudity is scandalous. But seeing the mom from a Christmas story topless I know. Is, is crazy because you come to know her as the mom from the Christmas story, but then it's also a dialogue scene and you don't really see a lot of that in movies. Like you, you, you get used to seeing naked people just like music's playing and there's dissolves and it's a sex scene, but to just see right, a right. topless woman talking for eight minutes, yeah, that was so shocking to me as a kid. Yeah. 
Um, we should do more of that. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it does like sort of desexualize and sort of casualize it. Yeah, I know. It made that uh, the scene is is great when he's talking to her because like she's talking to him about being gay, and he is again. He's not scoffing. He's like, "Oh, cool," and. And then they kind of like go right back to making out. It is very uh, like grown up. Everyone is mm-hmm. very mature about it. Hmm. 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 Well, I guess hmm. that's just sort of how we feel about that. Something to think about. Um, also, the mooning out the bus windows was scandalous to me as a kid. <gasps> oh, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> the booster club. Well, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the movie, we didn't spoil anything for you, big. Go watch the movie. It's fun. It's funny. It's off, it's off the wall. Off the wall, off the boards. It's rude, it's crude, it's crass. It's It'll funny. bite you on the, I'm not going to say it. Cheeks. Uh, but uh, look up, go online and look up pictures of uh, the Johnstown Jets and you'll see that they look exactly like the people in the movie. It's like there's, <laughs> they're like wearing like those kind of lame 70s suits. It's great. Uh, and finally, before we wrap it up, the team and the NAHL, which the, the league was that the Johnstown Jets were in, folded in 1977 when this movie came out. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Too bad. That's sad. Mm. Well, that's it for Slapshot. How about some mail? Yeah. Yeah, baby. Maureen asks, hi, guys. I love your podcast. You are all so funny. Yeah, Thanks, Maureen. I like Maureen. Okay. Maureen's cool. Maureen's Maureen. Cool. Have you ever had any now illegal alcoholic drinks? Four Loco, the original recipe, Sparks, etc. Do you have any crazy Four Loco stories? My worst nights in my early 20s always involved Four Loco and JW. Have you also experienced this? Maureen. I personally, by the time I got around to trying Four Loco, they had already changed the recipe. Yeah, I've never had it. I do remember in L.A. when it was going out of, out of uh, production, going, there was yeah, like yeah. a Four Loco party that someone had that maybe we were, was doing it for like a web thing or something. I wonder, but I, I remember that too. Hmm. It was like comedy people. They had a bunch of like, yeah, 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 uh, and did like a Four Loco party. And we didn't go to that either. So, no, we really don't have much experience with Four Loco. I had a bunch of Sparks. You guys remember Sparks? Yeah. No, I don't know what that is. It looks like a battery. It looks like a like a Duracell or something. They don't make that anymore? It's like energy drink and alcohol. It was uh-huh. discontinued because um, I think this was in that Budweiser book I read that it was too clearly marketed towards teenagers and like it was like a cute can that you would keep in your purse. Hell and, yeah. Um, and it was uh, it was like attacked, much like Spuds McKenzie. They were like, no, you were marketing this towards teenagers. You have to stop. Sparks, it was called? Um, it was gross. I mean, it, it tasted like sweet tarts or whatever. Um, <laughs> a, a, a awful, awful night that I can blame on the drink was a drink of my own design. So I can't even blame for Logo or Sparks. But one, you know, we used to go to the Funny or Die Christmas party every year. Mm-hmm. And it would be open bar. And this was early enough where I had no money and I was like, open bar, much like at a wedding. You're like, open. I'll bring these drinks home with me. That's my chance. Or like, I'll drink for the year. Probably looking forward <laughs> to it weeks in advance uh, instead of just like, oh, I'll have a few drinks. It's like, no, I won't spend a penny now. And then on that night, I'll drink too much. Um, 
There was a <laughs> night at Cinespace. It was an open bar. And as a goof, I came up with a drink called the Captain Jack. Mm-hmm. Captain Morgan and Jack Daniels. Oh, no. Oosh. And I was joking around. I think we're going to have a Captain Jack. I remember this. And I went up there to the bar. I said, can I have a Captain Jack? I, I was being like a prankster. I don't know why. I was like, can I have a Captain Jack? And the bartender was like, what? And I was like, Captain Morgan and Jack Daniels. I got nothing. <laughs> no, no laugh. No, that's a novel. And, uh, but the bartender did. <laughs> Were you like, this is a funnier die party, is it not? We're supposed to be no, funny. No, if it's not funny, then you die. Um, <laughs> I got no laughs or anything, but the bartender did make it for me. And then I drank it. It tastes like yeah. just exactly what we would think. It's like, I'll show this little fucker. Just on the rocks. <laughs> exactly what he wants. Rum, whiskey, <laughs> on the rocks, no mixer. And I kept going back to that same bartender, be like, I have another Captain Jack. <laughs> And, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you on this man. And uh, this also happened to be a party where the catering was pink oh. chili dogs. Oh, yeah. Timothy! And I ate a bunch of those, and I drank uh-huh. a bunch of Captain Jacks, and then I went back to uh, you know me and Jessica were just dating at the time, but I barfed all over her floor. Oh, oh. the floor, Tim! All over the floor. Pink, no, no, no. Hot dogs. It was. Really, really awful. Ugh. I don't know. That's, you know, now I can remember, you know, when I when I feel like, hey, I'm in the mood to get drunk, but bad things happen when you're drunk. For some reason, that, that night, it was one of those things where like, hey, I've been, I, uh, you know, I'm looking to celebrate. I'm going to get as drunk as I possibly can and nothing bad will happen. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, uh, the Captain Jack reminds me of a shot I had when I turned 21 called a um, uh, Three Wise Men, mm. which is... Johnny Walker, uh, right. Jack Daniels, and Jim Beam. Jim Three Beam. whiskeys. Weird. Yeah. A, a half ounce of each. I just looked it up. Um, yeah. I remember doing that and be like, I don't know about drinking. <laughs> this Even is though I had fun. Been, I did it before that very night. Oh, yeah. Right. Thanks for emailing us, Maureen. If you've got a question for the boys, email us at the sloppy boys podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Well, folks, I hate to be the one to break it to you, but that's the show. <laughs> thanks for checking us out. Uh, thanks for being patrons. We love you guys. Uh, thanks to Jeff Brockman. What's his name? Kent Brockman. Bockelman. J- Jeff Bockelman. Thanks to Jeff Bockelman for being the 500 patron. Oh, yeah. You're in the elites now. Your life is going to change for the better. I like that 500th, not 500. <laughs> the 500. The 500. The 500. <laughs> Wait a minute. Maybe I had one too many of these Narragansetts. I think you're drinking a little too much, Captain Jack. Here, I'm going to, uh, Jeff, you can slowly fade out on this, but I'm going to read the uh, the back of this Narragansett can as we fade to the end. That'll be our out. I say fade up louder and louder. So do you guys want to say your goodbyes Bye now? Bye, everybody. Well, thanks, Patrons. Narragansett, fresh Narragansett, fresh catch from the generations of fishermen who have braved harsh waters to the family clam bakes, crab boils, and the fish fries that celebrated their hard-earned bounty. Seafood is a part of the fabric of America. We work hard, take nothing for granted, and have a good time doing it. Since 1890, Narragansett has 
been the beer that fishermen toiled to earn and the one that we raised to salute them, this beer honors the risk and hails the reward that comes with every fresh catch. I thought this would describe the taste. It does not. Wow. Thanks for listening. Bye, Patron. Sleep tight. Peace.